Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, Hear our player interviews before anyone else and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Hello and welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me. Me and Neil are here outside Pride Park yeah. after that 4-2 defeat in the FA Cup. It's cold, Charles. <laughs> it's very cold. Make it, making me wait and do this. <laughs> Danny's been ushered away by a bus already. Danny, or well, it could be the police. I did see him getting quite angry during the first half at the ref. I'm, I'm not surprised, to be <laughs> honest. Danny, <laughs> he might not make the next pod. <laughs> Initial thoughts then? Uh, they're a better team than us. I thought they looked better than us, didn't they? Um, ref was atrocious not that it affected the result but he was really bad and I thought in the first half it's that it's a cliche I'm going to cliche you Charles cliche away cliche away <laughs> uh, I thought we gave them too much respect and uh, I was waiting for someone to clatter them and it, it didn't happen until the start of the 55 half. minutes was the first yellow card yeah the first proper tackle uh, and I was waiting for that And I, it, but you know they played a lot better tonight Derby but no, we're not disgraced and I think we, we gave a good account of ourselves um, let's get promotion Let's do it. Right then, we'll uh, we'll be back in a moment. Then probably back with normal atmosphere. Back at home in the uh, Cobblers to Me studio. Studio. Brain again, and he's got it. Gavin was closing in. Oh, Gavin has scored. Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three! Yeah! Yeah! Get so here we are then, back in that apparent studio. I'm not quite sure what I was thinking this place was actually a, a studio, but hey-ho, we're all here. Danny's made it away from the police and a bus <laughs> and certain on. death we're, in Derby. We're not all here. 
We're not aware. Oh, no, Jesse. It's not, it's just, Poor Did Jessie. we leave her in Derby? <laughs> Did she even make it to Derby? Oh, bless her. No. She started driving up when Badane Oliver had that chance. She thought it was about to score. <laughs> probably somewhere on the motorway still. <laughs> Stuck in traffic still, yeah. three days later. Well, hey, Charles, it's not, not quite as warm in the studio as it was behind the stand at Derby. Oh. I, mean, it, I was almost got a tan there. That wasn't that lovely. Understand heating. <laughs> you know, it's the first stadium I've ever been to with stand heating. It was weird, wasn't it? <laughs> and chips as Against well. Against modern football. <laughs> and, and also, you could only pay with card. It was like the opposite of six fields. Like, I went to pay with catch and she was like, no, card only. Oh, yeah. Get out. Like, yeah, oh, I saw well, God, I'm not used you to <laughs> Yeah, I'm not used to it. It's only cash only. So. <laughs> Let's talk about the actual game. Um, what do we think? Neil, you mentioned straight after the match um, that you felt that we showed them a bit too much respect. Are, are you still of that opinion now? Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's difficult, though because they are a good team and they, they, they were more on it, up for it, whatever you want to say, this time around than they were last time. But I, I certainly think in the first half, we struggled to to lay a glove on them a little bit in terms of you know just putting ourselves about a bit. And it was noticeable in, at the start of the second half. I think Charlie Goode clattered into someone and that's what I'd been waiting for. Um, so yeah, I think it is difficult. They were, they, they were just a bit quicker than us. They were a bit slicker than us. And it was frustrating, wasn't it? Because there was numerous times where you thought, oh, Williams is in here, but he just didn't have that extra yard of pace. Yeah. One of the other things that I found myself questioning, and I still don't really know what the answer to this is, but to me, the pitch looked bigger. Am I just being silly? Was it bigger? It felt wider to me. <clears throat> um, Girthy. Well. Yeah, which probably meant that Rooney could spray his passes around a bit more. Um, but it, it definitely felt a little bit bigger than Sixers, didn't it? I can tell you the Pride Park size of the pitch, if you like. The dimensions. Oh, come on, we do like do. a good dimension in the middle of the week. It's 105 metres by 68 metres. Or, if you prefer it in a different term, 344 feet by 222 feet. I mean, this is, this is what... It's <laughs> uh, a lot of feet. It's what people pay their licence fee for, isn't it? Things like this. Do you want, do you want, do you want to know what ours is? <laughs> I'd, I'd love to. The comparison is kind of what I need. <laughs> Brilliant. So the pitch, our pitch size, oh, it's in a different measurement. <laughs> M- millimetres. We might have to work this out. Our pitch size is 116 by 72 yards. Oh, this is just it's too much. I, I, I can't do it. Should we just say it, is, it was bigger? I'll do and it. that's why we struggled. Oh, I've got it. I'll do it. Convert. What people don't know is that during, we've, it's been really cleverly edited there. Neil's actually popped down to six fields. Is, is that dedicated? To- <laughs> he went and had a quick chat with Paul DeGrasse. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, he's just taking his, um, his measuring stick. He's, he's got one of those. Remember them? Um, he's got a yard, yeah. yard wheel. Yeah, yeah, you know the ones yeah. you used to wheel and it clicked every time there was a metre. <laughs> so the, what's ours? What did I say? What did we say ours was? Ours is 116 yards long. Yeah. Theirs is 114 yards long. Oh well, there you go. Oh, so we've uh, got a long. We've pitch. got more length now. Let's check. <laughs> let's let's check the girth situation. So <laughs> oh, this is just oh, thrilling entertainment. This is, isn't it? So what did we say? Ours <laughs> next episode. Of <laughs> the it's very exciting stuff. So ours is seventy-two <laughs> yards wide. This is getting the Hoskins territory. Here. Theirs is it's the most exciting thing I've done all day. Theirs is seventy-four <laughs> yards wide. So they've got two two yards extra girth. So in short, yes, you're right, Danny. It did look a bit wider. However, 
it's very minimal difference. Sure. I don't know what you mean, Charles, because mm. my my ten year old said the same thing to me on the way home. Um, he said their pitch is bigger than ours. And I said, it's not, it, it will feel bigger than ours because it's a bigger stadium and a bigger environment. So it will look, it's like Wembley. Mm. Wembley pitch looks massive, doesn't it? But actually, yes, it probably is slightly bigger, but it can only be so much bigger, can't it? It's not like it's... Yes. It probably got, made it a little bit wider when they signed Rooney, didn't they, as well? Ooh. <laughs> Hello, I'm the voice of Gaviscon, Max Rushton, and it's all cobblers to me. One, one, one question about the actual game I've got for you then, guys, is uh, the Vidane-Oliver substitution at half-time. I was quite surprised when I saw that it was Matty Warburton had come out in the second half in place of Vidane. Uh, and Keith Curl, after the match, basically insinuated that Vidane wasn't winning his headers. And that was why Ridiculous. he was hauled off. Do we agree with that decision? No. I thought he won just as many headers as he usually does to me. Yeah, I thought he, he did well. I thought I thought he. The only problem was that Williams was a, wasn't really involved in the game. He, he he worked hard and he ran around a lot, but he didn't really do much. Mm. Like if anyone was going to come off out of the two, I'd have took Williams off. Yeah, it was it was annoying me because Vidane was winning his headers. It was just that to me, Williams was running in the wrong direction to get on the end of them. Yeah, but we're not. Keeping it's kind of, it feels a bit like he's trying to keep people on his toes, doesn't he, with all these new signings? Um, he's done it before with with Vidane Oliver, hasn't yeah. he? He has, yeah. And it had a good reaction last time, I remember. So maybe that's the way to to manage. Because at the time, it felt like, especially during the second half when he was making them substitutions, it felt like we were arresting players, if anything. Mm. I felt like, it, oh, yeah. I felt like his, he knew the game was gone and um, it was just resting players up for the weekend. Uh, maybe it was. Could you imagine, though, if Sam Hoskins had scored that volley <laughs> just at the end of the match? Um, and that had gone in to make it 4-3, and we didn't have Adams on the pitch, you'd be cursing yourself, wouldn't you, at that point? You've got like five minutes left to try and equalise and take it to extra time, and you've got your best player sat on the bench. You'd be gutted. I mean, Daddy's probably salivating at the thought of that shot from Hoskins going in. I mean, he was salivating when I saw him on the night of the game at half time, so at the it's end just, of the game, that's just that was general state. Charles, <laughs> just salivating at seeing um, Sam Hoskins on such a grand stage. Do you know though, it's Sam Hoskins though? Sorry, Neil. Sam Hoskins. First half, I thought he was nowhere. He, he wasn't there. He wasn't in the game at all. It was only really in the last twenty minutes that he he seemed to suddenly come to life. He is a bit like that, I think. Though he does, he does tend to flit in and out a little bit, which isn't a bad thing. It's difficult for him for what he does and the way he plays because he's generally when we notice him, it's when he's full pelt down the wing, isn't it? And he can't do that all the time, I guess. And it, I guess depending on how the game pans out, dictates to how much of an attacking force he is because he always does a job at covering and tracking back and stuff. But I think depending on how the game's going, dictates to how much it shows that he's there. If that makes sense. I'm Chris Freestone, and it's all cobblers to me. Can we just talk about that Danny took the coach up on Tuesday to Derby at Sixfields Travel, wasn't it, Danny? It was, yeah. Yeah, good old Sixfields Travel. Um, And I noticed that of the nine coaches that went up, six voted for Charlie Goode as man of the match, and three (laughs) voted for Sam Hoskins. I just wondered which one you were on, Danny. Uh, I kind of jumped from one to the other down the the motorway just so I could vote for man of the match. um, (laughs) James Bond style on the roof. Just jumping from coach to coach to try and go. I did vote for Sam Hoskins, but our coach coach was a Charlie Goode coach. Did you boo? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Did you cry? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sam Hoskins did come second on our bus. uh, Yeah. um, Big up six was travel, by the way. Um, Do and what job they do um, to to organise that kind of level of coaches. I mean, and they put their put the miles in, don't they? Um, I don't know the trust do as well, but um, must take some organisers, and they've been doing it for years and years. And they've just had a was it twenty years they've been going. Um, mm-hmm. So really good to be back on their coaches, actually, and yeah, big shout out. Yeah, to they them. do a really, really good up there. Good job, well done. Let's talk about that first goal. Then, I mean, to be fair, in the before that goal went in, I thought we were we were in the game, um, and that goal maybe just took the wind out of our sails a little bit. How much? Do you put the blame of that goal down to David Cornell? And, and I know that's a very harsh question to ask. I want to say all of it. There's a lot of bodies yeah, in there. Does. Wasn't I feel there? bad, but I do think it's part of Cornell's game yeah. that he's lacking a little bit of commanding, isn't he? Is it's not got that if you, com- if you, commanding I mean, it presence. wasn't. It's not like he it, he had to come a long way out of his goal or anything. I think it was just the volume of people there around it, which made it difficult for him to win it. I guess, but you've got to win that, right? You're the goalkeeper. You're the one that can use your hands. I noticed a tweet from our Derby fan who came on and did our preview for the original tie. Um, he put a video of the goal up on Twitter and, and just basically pointed out how Wisdom, the goal scorer, basically just stands there very nonchalantly doing nothing until the ball come, comes down to him and then he just smashes it into the back of the net. I mean, he's unchallenged, he's unmarked essentially and it was just so easy and it, it is really annoying when you, from our point of view you watch it and you just go yeah nobody's even you know noticed he's there almost because yeah, they'd opened up opened us up a couple of times before that and they was it Marriott or Martin who missed that amazing chance right at nil nil he basically had oh, an open goal Harriman made that challenge yeah but they've, <laughs> they've had a couple of chances where they've just kind of carved us open so it's a bit it was. It just felt really deflating just to kind of concede to a League Two type yeah, goal. Yeah, it was the way we conceded, wasn't it? Was it was such a like their goal to concede, wasn't it? I think it was coming though. I think. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I, you know, it was annoying though because at the time I was going, we were playing well in terms of we were keeping them out, even though they were the better team, we were still, you know, well in the game, and and I, you kind of felt the longer that the game went on without them getting a goal, the more chance we would have had and I know that's a very obvious thing to say but you know they would have ended up getting frustrated just like they did at Sixfields essentially I mean it took them what for about I I think I counted that over the two legs if you want to call it two legs over the two games it took Derby 106 minutes to have their first shot on target so you know it, it basically they got their first shot on target in the 15th minute of that game we were still well in well in it and I thought at times when we were pressing high and you know we were really going at their ankles and, and going for the ball and to close them down we looked the better t- better side and I thought we looked the most likely to go ahead it was just that whenever we sat off and sat deep we just basically allowed Derby to to pass the ball around us like we're not there on the pitch it, it was a really a annoying goal to concede and 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 it opened us up even more i think because then we had to sort of i, I don't know maybe it just made us hit reality a bit and go oh yeah they are a championship team it always felt like we needed an animal in there in that midfield didn't we just to start breaking up the play and to sit deep and stop them from there seems to be a massive gap in that midfield 
whenever they broke forward and they broke forward at such a big speed, we almost needed somebody in front of the defence just to kick them. Yeah, um, yeah. I'd agree with that. <laughs> just just kick. I mean, that was what the game was crying out for. Um, yeah. So, yeah, then then Marriott breaks free and scores, doesn't he? Gets his second uh, or gets the second. Was it Marriott in the second goal? It was, um, what's it called? Uh, Dwayne Ames, wasn't it? Second goal. So he broke away, didn't it? Because it was Wharton. I thought Wharton was really rusty in this game. I felt like he could have done with the League 2 game before this to, to get back into his string. His, um, his string? Back, back into get his the string. string in, in stride. <laughs> it was a kind of, I was going for stride, but then it went into spring. And I don't know where that came <laughs> from. But it felt like he, he just needed a game to get back into it. And he, he just looked really off it, I think, Wharton, for this whole game. And it was his slip, wasn't it, that Holmes nipped in. And I thought Dwayne Holmes, they really missed him in the first game. And he, he punished us, didn't he? Yeah, he certainly did. Great little player. But then we came out at halftime and um, I was quite glad that I went and got back in my seat in time for the kickoff um, because it was a bit of a struggle. I don't know whether you guys found it, but I I went down to visit the toilet at halftime and it it took forever to get, first of all, out from the stand and underneath into the concourse. And then it took forever to get in and out of the toilet and then back up. It was so crowded, so many people around. And I got back to my seat maybe about, I don't know, 30 seconds before we kicked off again. The teams were both out. And I was thinking there's still hundreds of people just just down in the concourse. A lot of people have missed our first goal. Those are probably the people that didn't even realise what colour we were playing. (laughs) (laughs) True. That is very true. It was great turnout and great support. There was some absolute idiots in our crowd. Were, were there? I didn't notice. Yeah, there was. I sat near the front because I had my two young lads with me. That's like, I, can't remember, I can't remember what this person, looked, whatever he looked like is irrelevant, but Charlie Good would come over to take a throw in right near us and he just hurled a load of abuse at him. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> like, he's been brilliant this season and he's been good tonight. What you hurling abuse at him for? And I allegedly, it was just constant. Like, oh, It's just frustrating. There's obviously people that don't go that regularly. And it's just like, look, if you're going to just hurl abuse at players, don't bother turning up. I, I, yeah, pay your money, but then don't turn up. <laughs> yeah, That's what yeah, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, Buy your yeah. ticket and then don't come. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, then. So, overall, then, the Derby game. Um, yes, Sam Hoskins scored another penalty. That takes him into double figures, doesn't it, Danny? Double figure. Told you, didn't I? <laughs> told, Three, you this, told you it would happen. <laughs> Two years ago. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Exceptional work, Daddy. Uh, I didn't Daddy. put a timeline on it, did I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, ne- never in doubt. That penalty, I will say, is the only thing that I think the referee gave us the whole game. It felt to me like oh, yeah, he, he was... Well, he, he was like, was it you that said this, Neil? The ref was clearly on first name terms with all the players and probably swapped shirts with Rooney at the end of the match. It, it, wasn't he calling him a part of it at one point as well? Probably. I'm sure I saw that somewhere, though. It's just, I, I think the ref was, was terrible. I mean, it, it didn't affect the outcome of the game. Look, we would have lost anyway. But I just think he was awful. I mean, even Charlie Goode, when he does his usual, pretends to get a, you know, push in the back and goes down, did that um, right near the end of the second half, yeah, actually. And he, right he just fell over, didn't he? He didn't. Yeah. It was yeah. hilarious. Well, he falls over and he grabs the ball, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the most obvious thing ever. I actually stood up and applauded the ref, like sarcastically, <laughs> saying, oh, like, great decision. Because it was that obvious. And obviously it was a free kick for us, which was great. But it was so obvious. It was a ridiculous decision. He was a terrible ref. 
it was just a little decisions, wasn't it? It wasn't like major things. There was just all over the pitch, just these little decisions that were just baffling. Yeah. Um, it just really s- slowed it down quite a lot. But we gave a good account of ourselves, didn't we? I mean, that, it's easy to sort of go into being a little bit negative about the ref and about the actual final score. But I don't think 4-2 is that bad against the championship t- side. Certainly a championship side who are better than their league position suggests, I would, I would say. Um, and... I don't think the performance was that bad at all. Uh, I think that in those kind of games, you will look like there's players that are out of form or out of sorts. Um, but the fact is, is that, you know, this is League Two standard players playing against, you know, championship opposition. opposition that They are going to be shown for what they are, which is, you know, essentially not quite good enough um, for that level of football. Um you can't you can't be upset with with the game. I mean, I came out of the match at the end, sort of just happy for the day out. And I mean, I know that that sounds like a terrible thing to say, but I was really glad of the experience, and I was really happy to have been there and to have witnessed it. I don't know about you guys, Danny. Yeah, I think it was the overriding emotion was be quite proud at the end of it. I think we put in a really good account of ourselves, and if there is going to be an upset, you need the other team to be well down below their game realistically don't you and which they were in the first leg the first game um but they were just properly on it and i think they just really turned up it felt a bit like the school bully who'd been beat up by the by the younger kid the week before who's come back and and you know he's not going to let that happen again um and they are on a decent run of form in the league and but in the in the same kind of breath there they're not likely to get in the playoffs, are they? So this is probably what they've got to fight for, and they've played their big guns. They've they've done a job, and they've done exactly what they needed to do. But I think we were we gave as good as we could. I think we we didn't let ourselves down. We didn't let the fans down. We didn't let the manager down. I think every player put in a shift, and it, it was basically what you'd expect, isn't it? And I'd see a couple of goals, decent grounds, decent night out, and really proud of. Our fans as well. I think our fans did, did the town proud, did the team proud, and you know, hopefully, this is the building block we need as a as a group. As Keith Cole was saying, we we all need to kind of be together now and and kick on and use it as a as a as a positive to to go for a promotion. Get on that wave. Get on the wave. I was. Get on it. I was most pleased. I thought that there was like you can't. There's nothing to moan about from Tuesday night. Really, I thought we did. Well, we we did the best we could do in the situation, and and you know we were stretched squad wise as well, weren't we? Um, I think we did we did a good job. We gave a good account of ourselves. Probably the best thing though is that I didn't see anybody doing a helicopter celebration, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. which is a relief. Oh, yeah. Speaking of uh, speaking of celebrations, we have to mention the ridiculous goal music that oh. a for a for the goals, b because Rooney got his own special treatment and his own goal music um well we don't see us start playing the oliver theme tune when verdane scores do we maybe we, we should, should do we absolutely should do come on let's <laughs> 20 scores oliver oliver <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, i don't know and the drum as well oh, that drum is ridiculous. When, you, when you need a drum you don't need a drum to build up an atmosphere against the league two side come on the response we had on twitter from a derby fan that was fairly civil was was to basically say that yes it will come across and we'll be found out for that in a half empty stadium and I sort of looking at it and going it didn't look half empty to me it, it still looked like it was pretty full and I mean 
the fact is is that they did need a drum to create an atmosphere because otherwise why have the drum in the first place I you only drums. have a drum if you don't need if you need one I hate and them. the fact is they clearly needed it ridiculous and, yeah yeah and it's always Do some little the, fat uh, down think- the bottom doing it, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah. I always think it's ridiculous. The drum at football and the goal music is ridiculous. I, I was someone on Twitter yesterday commented it was a, it's a journalist or something that had said, um, "I wonder if the media will stop saying Wayne Rooney's Derby County." And just refer to them as their actual name, Derby County. Well, actually, Derby embrace it, right? <laughs> like, well, yeah, because they were um, John Terry's Derby, like not John Terry's, Frank, Frank Lampard's Derby yeah. last season, weren't they? Yeah. they, they that was basically what they, they embraced the Wayne Rooney thing. Like the amount their fans loved him, and like you say, having his own special goal music and thirty-two plastered everywhere. And I know it's thirty-two red and stuff, but he happens to wear that shirt number and stuff. And it's, <laughs> it's yeah, I don't know. Well, it's just a little bit. It's all a bit fake and a bit. Ugh, I didn't like it, that part of it. Yeah, I agree. Well, that brings the end to our cup run for the year. I mean, looking back on it, we've got to be proud of the team, haven't we? That's the furthest we've got in, is it 14 years, 15 years? So we've got to be happy, haven't we, Danny? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think um, there's, a, there's a lot being said about the about the league and the cup and maybe it interferes with your league form. But from what we've gone, I think it was Gary, wasn't he, who brought it up, up on Twitter that... Actually, when we've gone quite far in the Cups before and had these big nights, it's actually helped our promotion bids. It's never really derailed us. Um, I think it's probably a good time for us to go out in a way. But um, it's it seems to have just really rejuvenated the season. It's been a backdrop to the whole to league form picking up and the fans starting to get behind Curl more. And at the end, how how behind Curl was everyone? When you 4,000 people seeing Curl's name, you wouldn't have expected that a couple of months they ago. They were loving it. Um, yeah, he was one. He's the last man down the tunnel, wasn't he, at the end? Um but I think it's really kicked us on in the league as well. So that that's my big thing about Saturday. We've got to go into Port Vale and go and beat them and carry it on um, because there's such potential. And again, it showed on Tuesday the potential of this club just in big nights like this to to come together and have a massive turnout. Um, we've, we've just got to get out of this league. Yeah, we we certainly do. I mean, to be fair, that that pride is echoed across social media. Really, we had Adrian come to us and say that despite tonight, I'm feeling remarkably positive for the season. Um, I, I think we all are. Um, it, you know, it, it's one of those where you've just sort of got to look at it and just go, it's it's been a really good run, but now we've got to kick on, haven't we? And we've got to go and and, and get that promotion sealed uh, and, and sorted out. Um, Ian Thompson said that um, he agrees on the pride the lads gave us in the last couple of months. We've scarcely lost a match after that Scunthorpe loss, um, and that was a good few months ago. Um, Ian's favourite FA Cup match, and this is something I'm going to ask you to, so out of this season, um, and only Cobblers ties, please, boys, um, what has been your favourite FA Cup match? For Ian, it's got to be either the Burton match or the first game against Derby. Neil, what do you reckon? What was yours? Uh, the Burton match, I think, for me. Burton, yeah. Danny? I think because I wasn't at Burton, I, I did enjoy watching it, but I think the first derby match for me, just the, the atmosphere and the build-up before it, um, and the fact that we put in such a good performance and got the replay, um, yeah, that one for me. That one for me, Clive. <laughs> uh, for me, I'm tall. I, I'm the same as you, Danny. I think the first game against Derby, 
the build up to that, it was, it was just a brilliant, brilliant atmosphere. I thought at six girls, I really enjoyed it. Um, but a special mention for me goes to the Notts County game. Was it the Notts County game that we were playing when we were on the plane back from your stag do, Neil? Oh, um, yeah, trying to yeah, uh, watch it in the airport in the semi, in the second half. I don't half. remember much of that. <laughs> no, Did, I don't um, either. Big shout out to Chippenham, by the way, as well. Our first round opposition, they tweeted out, didn't they, after the game saying, um, unlucky or something, didn't they? And yeah, good luck for the season. So good old Chippers. Good old Chippers. I'm sure that that would probably be Chessie's favourite game of the uh, uh, of the season in the FA Cup for us anyway. Probably because <laughs> it's the only luck. one she went to. Uh, <laughs> you know, never mind. Um, right then. So let's before we go and talk about Port Vale, we, we've got a bit of a thank you to say, haven't we? To everyone that voted, that put us into Podcast Magazine's uh, February Hot 50. Um, if you don't know, because well where have you been because i've plastered it everywhere that i possibly can um we entered that chart at number 10 which sees us above the likes of serial um which is the podcast that is credited with creating the boom of podcasting um so that's pretty good um there's also we're above gary vaynerchuk who's like a famous marketeer and loads of loads of people listen to his podcast all the time chris jericho Chris Jericho's podcast. <laughs> One for Jefferson Lake. <laughs> Jefferson Lake won't be pleased with that. Yeah. yeah. And the ladies, the ladies from the American office. That's right. The ladies from the American office. We're ahead of a ridiculous of a ridiculous amount of podcasts that are that are really, really good. So thank you very much. And and you can we'll retweet the link and put the tweet back out um to, to see if we can get even higher for March, shall we? Why not? So thank you very much for doing that. And of course, thank you very much for subscribing, listening, um, doing, becoming Patreon things. Do, do you call it Patreon? It's patrons, isn't it? Surely. I don't know. English obviously isn't my strong point. It'd be nice to speak um, into the playoffs, wouldn't it? It would be <laughs> lovely to speak, sneak into those playoffs. You're right. Um, that would be fantastic. And then we'll go for autos at the end of the season for April time. How's that sound? Yeah, it sounds like a good plan. Game by game though, Charles. I'm Alan Neil and it's all cobblers to me. Right then, let's look ahead to Port Vale um, this week with a Port Vale fan who may or may not exist. Hello. Welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me, Joe. Thanks very much for joining us. So, Port Vale, last time we played you, uh, one all draw. Um, at Vale Park, second game of the season, your first home game. Um, at the time, it was your sort of big celebration, really. You've got new owners. Um, everything was going really well. Tell us what's happened since. Yeah, I mean, opening game of the season, we were still very unsure as to what to expect. And pre-season, you guys were seen as as one of the favourites. You had an excellent summer. And we played decently and drew with you. And that was the first sign that we were going to be if not brilliant, at least competent this year. And that's the way it's turned out. We've had a really good season. We're, you know, we're in 10th, excellent home form, only one loss at home. Uh, and considering the last two years, we've been in the bottom four or five of the division and at some stages looked dead search to go down. Uh, and then April, May time, it was looking like the club would, would be in administration and looking like liquidation. Uh, the transform we've had since since then has been absolutely monumental, and you can only credit the owners who've come in, completely galvanised the fan base uh, and supported John Askey, who's slowly but surely turned around the club who's run in terminal decline into a club who have unlikely playoff aspirations this year. I, I, there is an outside chance still, 
Um, I personally don't think we've got enough this time around. When I look at some of those teams sitting in sixth, seventh, and eighth, I just think we lack some of the edge which they've got. But you can't knock how the team's doing. They're a very hard-working, unheralded group of players who good tactics, good coaching, good work ethic about them. They're playing better than some of the parts at the minute. So they are fans are unanimous. It's been a good season. Uh, it'd be great to, to sneak in the top seven, but I think we sort of accept we need another summer of rebuilding because we had a horrendous few years under the previous owner. Uh, but the transform since then has been absolutely superb. So it's been, it's been a good season overall. Yeah, I mean, you're in 10th place at the moment. Um, you're four points off. If we go with sort of being uh, maybe a bit more realistic for you, um, Cheltenham are on 48 points, but they've played two games less than you. So Colchester are in sixth. They're on 49 points, having played the same amount of games. So there's four there's four points between you and Colchester. That That is a realistic achievement. You could close that gap fairly easily. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you, you look at us and we do have some players who deserve to be at the top end of this division. You know, we've got an excellent goalkeeper in Scott, Scott Brown. Defence is to a man superb. A couple of young lads for the academy, Smith and Gibbons. Wingers, I'd say, in David Worrell. He, uh, in my view, he's the best winger in the league. I know you've got Nicky Adams, who's exceptional. Uh, a couple of other players around it. But in my view, he offers more uh, than any other winger I've seen. It's just the forward line which might let us down. Uh, and I look at you guys, you have the likes of Williams and Smith, who are decent forwards at this level, and we don't have that um, option up top. Obviously, Pope is a legend, uh, but hasn't quite hit his usual heights this year, whether it's age or whether it's because John Askey insists on a 4-3-3 system, which needs the mobility, and Pope is the most immobile striker <laughs> in, the, in the football league, but very effective at holding the ball up. You know, Richie Bennett, he's got talent, he's shown it, he can't quite get a run of games where he's performing. Mark Cohen's come in as a big-name signing from Blackpool, hasn't quite had a run of games. Again, doesn't suit the lone striker role because he isn't quite quick or strong enough. Everywhere else, you'd say we're set up for top seven, but I think every team at this division is is desperate for a goal scorer and we we lack that, that true penalty box predator at the minute. Warrow and Amu on the flanks create chances galore. A full-back step forward while I've got a good midfield. I just can't see us quite usurping the likes of Colchester and Cheltenham uh, and Forest Green without those goals because we do squander a few chances. And you know, coming to your place on Saturday, the form you're in, we're not going to get many opportunities. And in the, the form our forwards are in, you know, you wouldn't bat them to score more than one or two. Um, so look, I'm very optimistic. This season's a success regardless of what happens now. Um, but whilst we like that forward, I, I, I personally can't see us breaking into the top seven. But if I'm proven wrong, it'd be absolutely miraculous and, and it'd be a, you know, a massive celebration in Burslem. Well, you've had a couple of OK results recently. Uh, last game, you drew one all with Salford. Um, they're, they're a side that are quite similar to us, I'd say, in the style of play that, that they 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 go out there and, and play with. Um, but then the week before that, or the Tuesday before that, I should say, you, you smashed Exeter 3-1 at Vale Park. So a decent result there um, against a, a high-flying Exeter side. Yeah, I mean, at home, you're back as to beat anybody. We've lost one game against Walsall, narrow loss. We've beaten, uh, we, we beat uh, Swindon at home. We've beaten Exeter at home. Uh, we beat Forest Green at home. So at home, whether it's our big pitch, whether it's the way we play, I don't know, something clicks on the way. We're a bit more 
um, limited. We've only won a couple of games. Stevenage, Bradford, Crew spring to mind. Um, I don't know what the difference is. It is very, very clear there's a difference in mentality. That extra game was superb and it shows at its best what this Vale team is. It's energetic. There's a good press about them. They've got a clear game plan. And if you get the wingers involved, especially if you can catch David and Moo on one of his good days, he's amongst the most dangerous players in the league. Problem with Moo is, especially away, he struggles to you know, impose himself on proceedings. So, look, if everything clicks on Saturday, if Moo's up for it, if, our, if we press well, if the forward we pick has one of his good days, then we will be a match for you. Um, and I think we cause problems. It, it, we're just reliant on a few things clicking together, but you can't guarantee we're going to turn up. We'll be organised. They'll work hard. The semblance of a game plan to try and nullify your main threats. But when you look at the form you're in at the minute, which I had a quick look before I came on, it is quite outstanding since, since sort of Christmas. Um, it's a massive ask on Saturday for us, and I, I'd take a point more than happily at this at this stage. Fair enough. I mean, looking at the last two away results that you've had, you've been beaten by both Morecambe and Swindon. Yeah, both. Yeah, both. Really, they were poor performances. Morecambe, especially considering you know, I know they've had a few new signings. Derek Allen's has gone, but that was a real. Uh, we haven't been outclassed on many occasions this year. We're always fairly competitive. You point to a Grimsby game at the start of the year. But those Morecambe and Swindon games, we look distinctly second best. And it's the only time I've seen a lack of battle in the players. Now, they were coming off the back of a very intensive Christmas in January. We had a big game against Man City at the start of January. We had, we had a bit of a run in, it, in Elysium with some Tuesday night games. So you could sort of excuse it. And the lads have, have, have bounced back in, in the league at home since then. I don't know what happens. Whatever ASCII system suits us, he doesn't quite work away from home. And Swindon made us look very, very poor uh, a couple of Saturdays ago. If your lads have any um, any game like that, then I'll expect you to win. Uh, and that's not trying to downplay Vale. It's just at the minute away from home, we look a little bit lost. But, you know, Nathan Smith, who's a best defender, he is hopefully back on Saturday. That would be a massive boost. Um, yeah. I um I'm not sure. Um, it depends what Vale turns up. We are very hot and cold this year, but on you know on on our game we, we can beat. We've beaten Swindon. We've beaten Crew. We've beaten Bradford. Um, off our game we can look very poor against Morecambe or scrape a win against Stevenage. And that, it, I don't know. I can't predict which one's going to turn up on Saturday. Fair enough. I, I've got to ask you about Tom Pope. Obviously, there was. Uh, maybe a, a bit of stupidity on his part. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. This, this is this is a big issue in the fan base. Look, you start off by saying Pope. Uh, you know, I, I'm not. I, I'm in my twenties. Pope's the only legend we've got at the club in my lifetime. Um, his, his his achievements on the pitch are largely unparalleled in terms of impact. He got us promoted with 33 goals in 20, 2013. He's been our captain. He's our second highest all-time record goal scorer, highest goal scorer at Vale Park. He's, he's from the area. He's a Vale fan. Off the pitch, this season has been testing for me. And look, he enjoys banter on Twitter and he's got a sense of humour. Great. He was warned by the club last year regarding his social media activity. He had an FA hearing last season regarding his social media activity. He deleted his old account, created a new one. And he's now been banned twice uh, against Scunthorpe and against Swindon this season. 
he's looking at another ban following his alleged anti-Semitic tweets. Now, without wanting to go into the details of it, I don't think he, I don't think he, look, he isn't an anti-Semitic man. I don't think he understood the trope in which he was um, regurgitating, and it was a very, very silly thing to do to, to go on a social media platform and, and tweet something like that. I don't think he understood the implications, but it is a trope which is well known uh, about you know links of finance. So, look. Pope will always have a place at Bale. He is a legend. He's arguably our most effective forward in the right system. I am beginning to tire of his antics on Twitter. It's bad for the club. It's bad for the club's name. And knowing how much of a disciplinarian Jodaski is, I doubt he's very pleased about it as well. We're just begging. He, he deletes his Twitter account and focuses on his football. But, you know, he says it all where fans of other clubs are asking about Tom Pope. It's not what we want. We're trying to rebrand. We're trying to rebuild. And to have a star striker and a legend in the in the national papers about some very crass tweets. It's disappointing. So we want him to just delete Twitter and put it behind him. Okay, well, let's look at some positive stuff then. Let's talk about the new owners. How much has changed since the man that you don't want to name left the club back in oh, the summer? Oh, well, I, I can't even begin to explain what they've done. I mean, Carol and Kevin Shanahan, they own a business next to it. It's a big business, an IT business next to, to our ground. And, They've been sniffing around for a few years, but a previous incumbent, he, 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 he was using the money, the, the, the club, for means which weren't in the club's best interest. And I'll leave it at that. Um, eventually, protest movement started. His hand was forced. It was sort of put to him, look, you either leave or, or, or you know, the club is going to be in an absolute shambolic state. So, he does, you know, he, he agrees to sell for an absolutely extortionate fee. And I'll, t- I'll say now, He's never been confirmed, but from the numbers people have heard, the amount of money that Carol Shanahan paid for a bottom of the table League Two club is ridiculous. And she did it because she cares about the area, she cares about the community, she cares about the fan. There is no ulterior motive of her. She's here to help Paul Bale to, to help Burslem. She's not coming and throwing money at the club and said, we're going to get the championship in five years and we're going to do this, that. No false promises. She's, she's come in, she's run it transparently, she's run it efficiently. And she's run it ethically and the way in which we've wanted it to be run. We've got no pretensions of being a Premier League team and waiting. We know, you know, it's a hard grind the lower leagues, but we've got a, in the space of, well, how far in are we now? Eight, nine months. We've now got a financially self-sufficient football club. You've got rising attendances uh, for the first time in four or five years. You've got stability. We've got, we're handing out contracts nice and early to avoid big summer turnovers. We're pushing up the top of the table. It, 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 I can't quite articulate how grateful I am that she took, she took the hit. This club was worth absolutely nothing and any sane business person would just let it, let it, let it have gone bust because at that stage we've been in, we've been in administration twice this century. We're going nowhere. Our previous owner had owned the ground separate from the club so they might have had to rent the ground back from him. And he took a punt and he invested, he put a lot of money into buying this football club. There's going to be bumpy times. We know we're not going to have a straight path up to where, where we want to be. But most of us would have taken 15th in financial security this year. We're 10th. We've had a plum tie away at Man City, which is a day a lot of fans won't forget. And we've still got something to fight for. And you can see the improvements in the professionalism, um, the squad, the discipline of the squad, the way they're looked after. Uh, we've got a big concert. Robbie Williams is doing a charity concert in the summer at Vale Park. 
honestly, I could, I could talk about them all day because <laughs> they're an absolute godsend. And if it wasn't for Carroll and Kevin and, and the people he bought here, we wouldn't have a football club. And I'm not trying to be exaggerative with that. We would have gone bust uh, and we'd be reforming in, in the Northwest Counties League. So, you know, I know you've you've got a good chairman down at your end, but we are on our hands and knees that Carol decided to, to, to put up the funds to buy us. Well, it, it says it all when she comes forth in a poll um, of the best owners of football yeah, clubs in the, in the UK. First. We're not happy. We're not having that. She deserves <laughs> first. But, but no, I mean, look, it, it, I think in this age, and you look at Berry and you look at Macclesfield, it, it's a rough time to be an EFL owner. Um, it's a financial black hole, the amount of money people are having to invest to go for promotion. I think the whole structure needs a, a big overhaul. But Carol, she's sensible, she's pragmatic. She knows the value of, you know, long-term planning, financial stability, not taking silly risks. And some of the decisions our previous owner took, probably, probably whilst intoxicated, uh, will uh, still blight this club. I mean, you know, we're talking about the decision to appoint a Portuguese manager with no experience and 16 foreign players and we got relegated. So we're safe in Carol's hands. We're making improvements and it, honestly, it, it's absolutely fantastic how far we've come. Uh, and I just hope it continues and I hope that the fans keep behind her and, and her husband and her people as much as we have done because I, I think one day a lot of things will come out about what nearly happened to this club in around March and April time and it was really, really bad um, to the point where we, we were going to go the way of Barry if Carroll hadn't bought the club or way over its market value. Well, let's turn our attention to Saturday then. I ask every opposition fan that comes on the podcast to give us a score prediction and uh, and also any goal scorers that you think. Now, the uh, extra added bonus for this weekend's fixture, I don't know if you know this, Joe, but um, our referee is a certain Mr. Charles Breakspear. He's... Oh, yes, our old friend. <laughs> yeah, Charles Rootsby. Yeah, so, so some, some cracking refs at this level. Um, <laughs> me... All right, score prediction. I'll go ball. Uh, no, I'll go. I, I was going to say I'll go bold. I'll go positive. I'll say I think we'll get a draw on Saturday. I think David Worrell got us. And looking at is Chris Lyons playing for you at the minute? He is, yes. Right, he'll, he'll score a free kick. So he used to play for us. Um, I mean, you've got Mark. Has Mark Marshall played for you yet? Uh, he's played the last couple of games. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. He, he won season with Mark Marshall in League One, and he won Player of the Year. He's a, he was an outstanding winger for us. His work rate and his direct running is phenomenal. So if you get him back to, I think he struggled a bit recently, but if you can get him on his game, he, he'll, he'll tear this league apart. Cause he was a class above and in League One for us when we finished ninth, I think, in League One. Uh, but Lions and Marshall are up for a good game. I'll say Lions will score score a free kick against us, and I think Warrell will, uh, will get a goal for us. Brilliant. And uh, as that added bonus because of Breakspear refereeing us, who's going to get sent off? <laughs> Most likely for us is our right back James Gibbons, who is an excellent young player. But by God, does he love a challenge, and he's a proper old-fashioned fullback who who will get stuck in. And if he's up against Marshall, he's likely to to enjoy skinning him. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'll, I'll say I, if it's most like if you're a betting man, you'd say James Gibbons, Port Vale fullback. Uh, we all love him dearly, um, but he does like a challenge, and sometimes they're a little bit um, industrial. Uh, so yeah, I'll go for Gibbons if, if one gets sent off. Brilliant! Thanks very much, Joe, and all the best for the rest of the season. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me on. Thank you very much. 
I'm Chris Hargreaves, and it's all cobblers to me. Thanks to our Port Vale fan. Uh, looking forward then, chaps. Um, what are we thinking? Back to League Two action, where it all matters, at Sixfields. Um, are we expecting uh, a sellout crowd after that brilliant performance away at Derby? Uh, no. No, absolutely not. I think we'll be lucky to get 5,000. <laughs> well, well, what, the same amount of people that we took, basically? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that would be that would be a good good result, I think. I assume Port Vale will bring a few, won't they? Because they're doing quite well. Yeah, they're doing all right. Although it looks like Tom Pope might be um, banned, potentially, boy. after him being naughty. I think it's more of a charge that is facing at the minute. There doesn't say anything much about a ban at the moment. So Yeah, he's just been um, charged, hasn't he? Well, I say he should be banned. For one game. Banned, <laughs> <laughs> He's got until the 12th of February to respond. As oh, well, he'll be so playing. It's more than likely. Down, Charles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, then. Fair enough, then. Fair few decent results lately. Beaten Leighton Orient, uh, beaten Exeter at home as well. Uh, most recently had a one-all draw against Salford. Um, I mean, the, the one... Saving grace for us is that they did get hammered by Swindon 3-0 a couple of weeks ago. So what are we thinking about this Saturday's game against the Valiants then, Danny? Uh, firstly, we've got to mention the um, outrage that's going to come from the referee. Oh, yeah, it's Charles again, Charles. Isn't it? Um, Oh, Charlie B's back. Uh, Charles Breakspear is back. Um, was he shown uh, shown 100 yellow cards and 12 red cards in 25 games consistent season, so pretty much a red card every other game <laughs> yeah That's pretty much every, a red card every other game almost um, how does he still manage to get games seriously it's it's ridiculous I, um, Surely so yeah. you've got to you've got this somebody's got to turn around and just go well it can't be that you know every game he referees is a really bad one it, it can't Somebody's got to look at it and go, well, surely if it was like that every single week in League Two or League One, wherever he's refereeing that week, then all the other referees would be on similar statistics. But they're not. He stands out alone yeah. at the top of the table, like <laughs> Mike Dean looking down on everybody else. <laughs> That's the thing. It started to become a bit of a um, celebrity referee just for all the wrong reasons, isn't he? And when you start knowing the names of the referees who come in, then there's something going wrong isn't there and it's the first thing we've mentioned so he's he's done his job <laughs> <laughs> I yeah I just think we've got to come out of this with any kind of result we can um, even if it's a draw I know it's a it's not the greatest results but I think even if we draw this match it's not the end of the world um, just because I think a defeat would be really damaging after the derby game they're in a decent amount of form but I don't think they're that great away from home at the moment um, so I think we can win it I don't think Derby should play too much into it, but I've just got that fear that if we lose again, then we go and Swindon on Tuesday night, it starts a little bit of a downward spiral. So I'd be reasonably happy with anything to stabilise us. Neil, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'd like to see us win it. Uh, and I don't see any reason why we shouldn't. We've got a formidable home record, haven't we? Uh, it, we do. It has certainly turned into Fortress Sixfields. Um, I don't I think they they seem sort of half decent don't they but should we be concerned I mean I don't know like is their squad that good I don't really know uh, all I do know is that it, it's a tell Burslem um, I don't know but I think it will be good because we'll have uh, the three lads back won't we so we'll have um, Mark Marshall Lloyd Jones and Callum Morton I think I, I read a story earlier today that 
Turnbull might be in contention, but uh, Olajinka and the the animal are not going to be ready for this weekend. So, <laughs> or the end of the season, probably. Well, <laughs> he said, uh, Keith Curl said about Olajinka, he said, I think people saw him in a protective boot and panicked, but it was literally just a protective boot. He said he's it's a space boot. Space boot, sorry, space boot. Moon boot. Moon boot. Moon boot, sorry. Yeah, moon boot. Moon boot. But I think he's... So no, them two won't be there, but it'll be good to have a, an extra defensive option and then a little bit more going forward, won't it? So um, I think we'll come away with the victory, you know? I think I think we'll win. I don't think it'll be a comfortable victory by all means, but I think I think we'll win. There's no reason why we, we shouldn't. Um, I guess there is that concern of a little bit of a hangover from Tuesday, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think Keith will let that happen, will he? No, quite shit house, shit house v shit house, aren't we? With Tom Pope and Charlie Goon. Yeah, that's going to be hilarious. <laughs> Elbows <laughs> flying everywhere. That's what I can see. I'm um, pretty sure there's going to be a red card in this one if Breaks Spears anything oh, like this. <laughs> Please no. Um, yeah, so I, I think the worry for me, I, I suppose, is that we we can't let the defeat against Derby have any kind of effect. We've still got to go with that mentality of we're unbeaten in the league and we're, we're going to carry that through and, and go on. I, I'm like you guys. I don't think there's anything to fear from Port Vale. I really don't. Uh, you know, Tom Pope, is he, he's he's become a bit of a known footballer, but he's not necessarily known for scoring loads and loads of goals. He's basically become known for for putting a tweet out there about John Stones and then ending up playing against him um, and scoring about Joan, you know, you know the, the centre back partner. So I mean, it's not as though it's um, you know he's there down there as a prolific goal scorer. Really, he's only season. scored four goals. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, Sam Hoskins has scored twice that and more. I mean, he can't be that good. Uh, so sorry, Daddy. Um, so we're going to have to sort of go with that and just hope that you know, like you say, there is no hangover, and and I think we do have to just sort of be wary of the fact that you know we're back in the league and this is what is now the most important um which it has been all season really um so let's get some predictions um we'll start with danny have you got your own prediction please and this time i would like to have your scoreline mm-hmm. your goal scorers and mm. the player that you believe charles breakspear will send off oh i mean that's a lot for one afternoon charles <laughs> it is I really, I really don't like Port Vale. They're one of these teams, aren't they? They just Scummy. don't like. I think it goes back to that. Um, is it? Yeah, it just probably goes back to the Alex Nichols yeah, thing. Isn't that. It? Just that whole mm. thing just left with such a bitter taste. And I think even before that, it wasn't. There's that time when we went to Port Vale, we went 2 1 up in injury time and still managed to lose 3 2. Do you remember that? Yeah, I mean, that was when we went down pretty much, wasn't it? That yeah, almost yeah, sat that was us down. Um, but I remember walking out there, fans were being idiots. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really just I don't like them at all. Uh, so I'm going to go for 2 1 win, Charles. Uh, okay. And I'm going for goal scorers Sam Hoskins to continue his splurge. Um, I'm going to go for uh, Morton, he's going to get one. And someone else is going to score for, for Port Vale. Who's going to score for Port Vale? Leon Legg will score for Port Vale. Um, and the red card is going to go to Emmanuel Oyaliki. Easy for Ooh. you to say. Yeah. yeah. Two, two-footed lunge. <laughs> Same to you. Um, have you got Chessie's prediction as well, Danny, by any chance? Uh, not yet. No, I'm just waiting for the text, Charles. Okay. No problem at all. Uh, Neil, then? 
Uh, I'm going to go 3-1 Cobblers. Goals scored by Morton will get one. Uh, I think Ryan Watson will get one. And I think Charlie Goode will get one as well. Hmm. And I think the red card will go to Verdane Oliver. Oh, don't you. You can't do this to me. It's not me doing it. It's Charles Breakspear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Fair enough then. Uh, have we got Chessie's Danny? Yeah, put it here. She said um, we're going to win 9-0. Brilliant. Love it. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Two players sent off. Um, oh. That's uh, Dave Cornell and who else did she put here? Dave Cornell and uh, Martin as well. Joe Martin. So we're going to win 9-0 with nine men. <laughs> and, and the goal scorer is just going to be the nine men left on the pitch. That's exactly what it is, yeah. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm going for a 2-0 victory. It's going to be very, very comfortable. Um, and goals are going to come from... I think I think that he's going to play Scott Pollock a little bit more. He's going to come on and get a goal. And the other goal will be Andy Williams, who is going to basically make up for his uh, uh, you know, headless chicken running around from Tuesday night and uh, smash a, a volley into the top corner of the goal. Um, so, yeah, and, and I think Scott Wharton will get sent off because Charles Breakspear has probably gone, oh, he's been sent off before. I'll have him. <laughs> and that'll be how it works. <clears throat> well, there we go. Uh, all that we've got time for is to say thank you very much for listening. Um, please do subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcast. That'd be lovely. Leave us a review if you want to. And if you can support the podcast in any way, shape or form, that would be absolutely brilliant. You can check out our Patreon page, which is at patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Um, on there, you'll get massive massive hugs and love for doing anything so thank you very much for listening we'll be back next tuesday and good luck to the cobblers this weekend against port vale and we'll see you then bye kev support the podcast on patreon by joining the it's all cobblers to me fan club Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin, and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.